Welcome to Sweet Spot, where hoteliers check in and we check out what's trending in hotel marketing. I'm your host, Ryan Embry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Sweet Spot. This is your host, Ryan Embry. With me today, a very special guest. He is first time to The Sweet Spot. That is John McMillan, Corporate Director of Marketing and E-Commerce at 81 Global. So, John, welcome to The Sweet Spot. Thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And just a little bit about you. You are the global director of e-commerce and marketing. John oversees the digital marketing, public relations, social media, and promotional activities for each of the 81 global properties. He's responsible for developing and carrying out the company's digital marketing plans, as well as ensuring that hotels stay up to date with technology. A senior marketing executive with more than 17 years of experience, his range of expertise includes e-commerce, advertising, public relations, SEO, SEM, social and email marketing, branding, mobile, and big data and analytics. So John, got a lot of experience there. Very excited to pick your brain, get some insights to our listeners. I want to just start out like we do with a lot of our guests on the sweet spot, just asking how you got your start in hospitality and the journey that led you to 81 Global. I think my journey, you know, was, was interesting, at least to me terms of that I started off in the Air Force in public relations that in a sense is, is related to hospitality. Part of my job was to sell the Air Force to the general public, inviting visitors to the base and conducting tours from, to school children, U.S. senators, and Russian generals alike. So that's where I kind of got my start to get fall into actual hospitality itself until many years later after a stint in the CEO industry worked for companies such as Tropicana, you may have heard of for and Eldorado Resorts. And for them, again, simply with email marketing, which quickly transitioned into corporate directors because it was at its infancy, um, SEO, SEM, email marketing, things of that nature. You know, we're talking many moons ago. Not to date myself, but I started off with an Odyssey computer way, 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 way back in the hot tub time machine uh, <laughs> doing programming. And so I've always had a love for computers and a love for people. So you put the two together, that you know, kind of makes it e-commerce and marketing. Absolutely. It's a very perfect marriage there. And, you know, we hear a lot of those stories. Hospitality is rooted in a bunch of industries. So, you know, sometimes it's starting at the front desk or sometimes it's the path less traveled from the Air Force. So super interesting to get to know that background. On this podcast, John, you know, we've been talking about obviously the hot topic of the industry over the last year, this pandemic and the impacts and effects that it's had on our industry. I'm sure even with all of the years of experience, you know, even the owners that we've had relationships with for 30 plus years at Travel Media Group, they've had maybe similar crisis somewhat parallel to it, but nothing like this. So I just want to get your perspective on what it was like to manage marketing and e-commerce for a portfolio of hotels through a global pandemic. What sort of adjustments did you and your team make? Yes, well, you know, I'd like to say that we were prepared, but we certainly were not to the extent of what transpired, which is basically, you know, um, for lack of a better word, a, a disaster. Many people's lives and the economy in general, especially hospitality, there was no strategy except to survive. You know, some of the hotels, the decision was to shut them down. Doesn't make sense. 
because it was it cost more money sometimes to keep them open than to shut them down. So each hotel was, you know, different in terms of the analysis of whether or not to keep it open. Some markets were more COVID resistant than others. Unfortunately, a lot of our hotels were in Orlando. Orlando, as we all is uh, heavily reliant upon visitorship to the theme parks, in particular Disney, Universal, SeaWorld. So when those parks are closed or attendance is very limited, the hotels that support them tend to suffer. There are things that you can do to alleviate your suffering, so to speak. And that includes, you know, adopting best practices quickly, trying to be on the cutting edge as it relates to COVID-19 prevention, whatever you had at your disposal, according to brand standards, CDC, best practices, and targeting those groups that were still traveling, which there wasn't many. So I'm talking about first responders, medical personnel, traveling nurses, people you know who could, highway construction still went on. Some things for some people, business continued, but it was a small segment. Call them essential personnel. They needed a place to set. So you realign to the demographic that is available to you. You know it was it was small. So these were you know seven, eight, nine, ten percent in some places. But you, you weather, you know, you see the storm. Of course, you have to furlough people and you hope you can bring back most of them. Fortunately, for the hospitality industry, it wasn't like you could leave one hotel and go to another hotel company because we were all in the same boat. You either, you know, you played the waiting game until things got better, recovered, or you transitioned out of hospitality. And for a lot of people, hospitality is not just a job, it's a passion. You do this out of choice. You do this because you enjoy putting a smile on people's faces. Like the sunshine, basically, that you can share with your guests. So for a lot of people, it's not just a career. Long story short, we are in a recovery stage. We believe right now things are certainly looking rosier. Occupancy has increased. Red cars are slowly increasing. We have brought back many employees and we're actually in a hiring frenzy. Believe it or not, it's actually proving challenging to get enough people to work in our hotels right now. The challenge of the market is that because of stimulus monies, for some people, they prefer to stay home. Part of me doesn't blame them, especially if I was still back in college and I was, you know, a gamer at the time and I could get close to what I was making at my place of employment. I might choose the same thing 30 years ago. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But that's the challenge we're facing now. Once stimulus goes away, then we feel that there will be less of a challenge to bring people back into the workforce. But, you know, we're especially, it's proven difficult to hire for the front desk and house attendant positions. So now the first challenge was occupancy. Now the second challenge is workforce. It's quite incredible to take a look at where we are now and where we were a year ago with just the polar opposites of what you're talking about there, John. You know, the hotel industry was doing everything to try to prevent furloughs, try to keep people on staff doing as much as they can. And now, you know, we're on the other side of the coin here. But I'm happy to hear, you know, and we're seeing that in the data from STR and other analytic company out there that we are seeing, you know, a slight recovery, especially with those leisure markets really, really leading the charge going into the spring and summer. But you're right. This was the ultimate stress test for the hospitality industry. And, you know, as you mentioned, being prepared, I heard someone mention the other day, we didn't have a blueprint for COVID-19 because there hadn't been a blueprint for something like this. This was something that hotels had never experienced before. So 
those hotels that were able to adapt on the fly, make those quick adjustments and make those hard operational decisions, they're seeing what that led to. So you did mention having some of your hotels, you know, strategically positioned in, in some very competitive markets. Orlando, you have quite a number of properties in Kissimmee, South Florida. You know, I'm curious in such crowded competitive markets that sometimes you could have five, sometimes even 10 competitors within even your same brand. What's your philosophy on distinguishing your properties from the competition within its own brand? Well, you know what? We are firm believers and guest service. So we look to our TripAdvisor scores to, to guide us in, in the right direction of what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong taking very seriously our CSS scores, our RAND scores, and our public scores, which would be TripAdvisor, Google in particular, Facebook, Expedia, Booking.com, et cetera. So we feel if we are going to be able to separate ourselves from the competition, that is the best way to do so, to be top of sort on TripAdvisor, to be named the number one hotel in the market by your guests. The best form or method or system, of whatever you want to call it a marketing, there's always word of mouth. People telling other people, I had a great time at this hotel. That We look for technology to augment the guest experience, to make things seamless. We're firm believers in enabling all of our properties for text messaging between the guests and the front desk. And we believe in a, in a quick response time. And we also believe that whatever we can do to make the guests at ease during their stay is paramount to not only the TripAdvisor rankings, but to win that guest loyalty. So when they come into the market again, they choose our hotel again. Yeah, absolutely. And that text message that you mentioned, you know, it's technology like that that has been crucial during this pandemic when those smiles that you mentioned earlier that have really defined the hospitality, those were kind of taken away. People were trying to create some distance between your staff and themselves at the property. So, you know, not being able to have that personal touch or really transitioning that personal touch to maybe something like a Facebook message or a text message instead of that friendly greeting at the front desk if they choose to maybe remotely check in. And what you're talking about with reputation is exactly obviously what we preach at Travel Media Group, which is just during the pandemic has really shown why a, a hotel's reputation is just absolutely paramount. And I've said before, I think one of the things that employees, people that are looking for prospective jobs, when they start to come back into the workforce, they're going to be looking at your reputation too. They don't want to work at a hotel that is getting one-star reviews and those employees are going to get yelled at every single day. They want to be able to give five-star service. They want a friendly place to work. So your reputation can also impact that on the hiring front as well. You know, I want to talk about buy-in at the property. We know staffing has significantly changed. Last year, I mentioned we would have to furlough or lay off some staff. How do you get buy-in from the team when you implement a strategy and you say, let's implement a reputation management program or a social media strategy to get essential workers? How do you get that buy-in from a GM or director of sales? Well, number one, it's all based upon logic and common sense. You know, when you've got a solution that's going to have, you know, the least amount of impact on operations, optimal positive impact on revenues, it's pretty much a no-brainer at that point. You can make things as complicated or as simple as you want, but that's what it comes down to, to me, is the impact on operations and the potential for revenue. And if it makes sense when you take those two variables into consideration, then, you know, it's like the yawn. 
one person yawns, everyone yawns. They don't know exactly why, but they know it feels good. Yeah, I like that analogy a lot. Now, John, I hear from your story and what I've heard from others, we have had a, a partnership with yourself and 81 Global now for a number of years. But, you know, you are known as someone that's kind of pushing the edge of technology, trying to implement new and exciting ideas. You know, obviously don't want you to give away any secrets, but, you know, could you share maybe some examples of, of how those marketing ideas or maybe technology you've implemented, how you've maybe seen that in action and some of their results? Do you have any stories there? Well, sure. I mean, it's all about, you know, as you mentioned before, the new textless environment which is COVID-19 driven. So anything that you can do to better that experience, that touchless experience for your guests, the better. So for example, using QR codes for menus, but then also tying that QR code into your POS system. So someone can be sitting at the pool and order some drinks and some food, and then it'd be delivered to the micros, the chef prepares it, and then it's delivered to the guest. And they never have to leave their chair or the pool area. So that's just one example. One thing that I would say is, you know, never be afraid to think out of the box and, you know, realize that you're probably going to fail sometimes. And sometimes you'll fail many times before you succeed. But, you know, those who innovate and push the envelope, so to speak, you know, you can't be afraid to try new things. And sometimes things fail. For example, I tried to put a robot into sort of like a concierge role in the lobby of one of our hotels in the hopes of engaging especially children in, in games such as trivia what's the you know does a platypus lay eggs and if they got the questions correct they would receive a comic book unfortunately the wi-fi at the hotel wasn't sufficient enough for the bot to perform up to standards so basically it was just you know stumbling along in the corridor and, and getting itself into a corner and it was a terrible mess long story short probably should have done more diligence in terms of the technology needed for the robot to, to conduct itself in a highly efficient manner. So the lesson learned is, you know, we can all be in our fields, but it's hard to be masters of everything that goes into a project success. Because nowadays when you're talking about getting buy-in from general managers, as you mentioned before, there's a lot of components to any solution. Sometimes it affects operations, sometimes it affects IT, sometimes it affects accounting. So you rely upon the expertise of all these departments in order to really execute on something new that you can roll out, not just to your properties, but perhaps to your whole portfolio. And it goes down to the bottom line, as I mentioned before, if it doesn't impact operations negatively and it has a positive impact on your revenues, then you found the win-win-win for yourself, for your company, and for the team. Yeah, it's kind of a, a tightrope there because as you're explaining that story, you know, with the robot, I'm thinking through my head of a bunch of use cases and say, oh, that, that makes total sense. You know, this could work in X, Y, and Z, but you're right that the moral of that story was, you know, the technology really getting in the way of technology and something like that, you know, maybe that might not impact the guest experience as much as if you were to roll out something, let's say, a text message program, or even I know one thing that's extremely frustrating is your mobile check-in. If that's not working, now all of a sudden you've got technology that's getting in the way of the guest experience and potentially negatively impacting that. And that could, you could see that on your reputation online. And so definitely a cautionary tale there, but I think it is important to keep pushing the limit in an industry that sometimes feels reluctant to move ahead and commit to saying, let's implement this technology there. 
whether it be because some of our guests aren't going to be able to understand it, get frustrated, and that impacts their experience. It's such a fascinating relationship there between the hospitality industry and technology. Now, as I mentioned before, Travel Media Group, we've been a proud partner uh, with yourself and 81 Global, its entire portfolio. We worked with you and your team for about five plus years now. Obviously this last year was definitely the most challenging because of COVID-19, the pandemic, but you know, I, I was hoping maybe just could speak a couple minutes on that partnership and how it has kind of evolved into what it is today. Well, you know, once upon a time, 81 Global, and this, you know, driven from the president was, you know, every guest is an ambassador for our company and they need to be heard, listened to and responded. So we did an analysis of all the conversations were taking place and realized that our general managers, no fault of their own, just weren't taking the time, probably because they were very, very busy to respond to all the guests. And there's, you know, it's not just one channel. It's not just the medallion and it's not just TripAdvisor. You're talking about conversations across a multitude, vast multitude of channels in this digital age. Everything from Facebook, Booking.com, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, where a person voices their opinion about their stay at your hotel. And the philosophy that we embraced was that if a guest has taken the time to give us a review on any channel, then it behooves us to take the time to respond to that guest. So that's how we started engaged in a relationship with Travel Media Group because we needed assistance in engaging guests in all these various channels and in various languages. As we all know, Orlando's a melting pot, so to speak. We people from all around the world come to experience what Orlando has to offer, theme parks, especially Disney. So, you know, we would often have reviews in one given day in three, four, five different languages, but we can't expect our general managers to know three or five different languages. So that's why we engage the services of Travel Media Group because they have the resources to be able to respond to these guests from Brazil, from China, from Russia, from Latin America. And as I mentioned before, our corporate philosophy was every guest has a right to a response. So for if people took the time to reach out to us, we're taking the time to reach out to them. And we believe that would lead self to better scores and more loyalty. Yeah, I love that philosophy. I wish, you know, more hoteliers would think of feedback like that. I think the hotel industry is really battled at times with guest feedback of saying whether it's positive. Some hoteliers think of, you know, sites like TripAdvisor and Google and access to giving and voicing their opinions as a negative. So hearing that you and your portfolio stress that this is important, this needs to be analyzed, this is a blueprint for how we can move forward as a company and get a higher TripAdvisor ranking, promote and increase the guest experience at our hotels. We love to hear that philosophy and we love partners that have that same philosophy because you're, you're totally right. In 2021, with everyone's lives being as busy as it is, for them to take some time out of their day and to leave that feedback, it must mean something to them. So, you know, whether that's a five star or a one star, it must have had a profound impact for them to take time out of their day to leave you some of that online content. So now let's talk a little bit about 81 Global. You know, culture is super important. You mentioned every guest is an ambassador. I love that saying. Tell us a little bit about the culture at 81 Global and the role that it has played in the company's success. 
Well, you know, a lot of companies say that we're family, but you know, here I, I believe it to be absolutely true. We are large now, but when I started, it was five hotels. Now that we're 27, you know, maybe everyone doesn't know everybody, but everybody's heard of everybody just about. And we have a newsletter to help with that, spread the word to keep our employees appraised and what's going on at their sister property to build that relationship. So, and we talk about our employees because we value them. We try to take care of them. We have different programs where we incentivize and reward them for behaviors such as being mentioned positively in TripAdvisor, you know, because we realize we're only as strong as our front line. Those are the people that work at our hotels at the front desk and clean the rooms. We're only going to be as great as they are. So that's our number one asset. That's our number one resource. We invest in them because we realize that to find a good employee is hard, especially these days. And when you do find them, you want to keep them. You want to keep them for a long time because, you know, as I mentioned before, your guests are your ambassadors. Your employees are your ambassadors, too. They're the ones that are making the guest experience memorial. I agree with you there, John. I, I think one of the things that we're going to reflect on after all this is over is the importance and how much closer companies that value their employees like 81 Global, how much closer and stronger that bond has become after something like this. You know, we've heard so many cool stories of employees just wearing so many different hats, running around, doing everything that they can to put that smile on a guest face and to really give it their all during a time where, you know, it was just so challenging for employees even to come to work. So that's very cool that you guys have that type of culture there at 81 one global. I want to just pick your brain on any advice you would give to listeners, you know, that manage marketing for multiple properties or even are aspiring to one day say, I want to be an e-commerce manager for a portfolio of hotels. You know, what advice would you give them or maybe what advice would you give yourself as a younger version of yourself? To learn operations. You know, that's the one part that us marketing people tend to forget. You know, we'd like to wave a magic wand and make things happen but we're not necessarily cognizant of the impact that it has upon operations. That's a lesson that took a while to learn. It's a very important lesson. You know, it's the people on the street, so to speak, or in this case, you know, at the front desk, the 900 people cleaning rooms that our decisions here at the corporate office really truly impact. So if you don't take them into consideration, you're doing yourself a great disservice. And that applies, you know, from a corporate marketing perspective as well and uh, in e-commerce. Because most of these things that I talk about, like, are meant to alleviate the burden on the property. But sometimes, you know, it creates a little bit more work like collecting email addresses at the front desk or getting people to say, hey, you know, text us if you need anything, you know, just going that extra mile to get information out there to the general public and also the informational piece to educate. You know, every new corporate directive that comes down, there's an educational process and that takes time and it takes energy and it takes money. So, you know, you have to study the impact from all angles when you come up with something, whether it's, it's truly innovative or, you know, truly mundane, it doesn't matter. You're looking to achieve success and, and improve not just your guest lives, but your employees' lives. Always take into consideration, you know, the impact operations and the revenue potential. Try to, you know, balance that out. 
Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of marketing people out there that if they were still working during the pandemic at a hotel, maybe had their first dip into operations, whether it be at the front desk, whether it be, I've heard stories of the housekeeping staff, maintenance staff. So I absolutely love that advice because a lot of people come up in this industry from that front desk or bellman or front level jobs. Others like yourself take a different path. So ultimately, as you mentioned, you're looking for that win-win situation, something that's positive for the guests as well as your employees. Now, as we wrap up here, I'm gonna go ahead and test you as far as maybe giving us some predictions moving forward. So obviously no one could have predicted the next pandemic. So I'm, I'm not gonna do that to you. But I did wanna ask you, we've heard about this quote unquote new normal. Everyone's kind of getting used to it. The hotel industry is obviously getting used to it. Guests that are entering back into the hotel world are now expecting it slash getting used to it. What post-COVID trends do you think are here to stay, John? The whole touchless experience. The ability for people to conduct their business from their phones. We've all, you know, not just as it relates to hospitality, but in industry, we've all proven ourselves capable of working remotely. Some people have come to enjoy that, including myself. I'm more of a hybrid animal. I, I like to come into the office now, but I also enjoy the time that I work from home. A lot of people don't want to lose that experience. And a lot of people are used to doing everything from the phone for those that don't have a desktop or a laptop, where they can do all their banking transactions, where they basically can conduct their lives through their mobile device. So that's here to stay. You know, COVID isn't gone. It's still here. There's no potential for other similar things to affect us as a nation. So the safety levels and the cognizant recognition that germs are around us, you know, the whole extra cleaning measures are probably permanent. The whole touchless menus are probably going to be a permanent option. You know, we'll probably bring back menus for those who want them, of course. But, you know, some things aren't going away. Some things are here to stay. So the hospitality industry is certainly having it's forever been affected in society at large as well. We're always going to be a little bit more aware of our surroundings and the environment and taking precautions to ensure the well-being and our personal safety. It will be interesting to see, you know, that work from home. As you said, a lot of people are used to that right now. We saw almost the complete disappearance of corporate and group travel in 2020. We're starting to see maybe some of that come back a little bit, but is there an opportunity there for the hotel industry to capture on those travelers that are now working from home or if they have a hybrid system like you were talking about? You know, maybe they travel to a hotel on a Thursday rather than waiting till the weekend, you know, and working from the hotel of those couple days. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I'm interested to hear you've maybe got one of those ideas at 81 Globals to kind of capture that and target those type of travelers. As we wrap up here, you know, we just like to open it up. Great episode today. Just any sort of final thoughts that you have about kind of where we're at or where we're headed? The future is brighter. You know, people persevere. We're resilient. People in the hospitality industry in particular, I think it's because we have an optimistic nature inherently. So the good news is, you know, things are on the rebound. We'll keep moving forward. We will keep adopting and adapting. And I believe things will certainly get better. Hopefully they'll stay better and we'll all get back to the occupancy and the red par levels we were enjoying back in 2018 and 19. And so, you know, I just encourage everybody to, to persevere.
Yes, indeed. Love it. We absolutely have loved ending our episodes on a positive note. So you were able to do both that final thoughts and your positive note right there, John. So thank you so much for joining me on The Sweet Spot. If you're looking for more information on 81 Global, John, do they what visit your website? That's the best place to find you. Yeah, they can they can visit our website. It's an easy URL, www.ad1global.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, John, for being on the sweet spot. We'll definitely have to have you back. I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time today, and we will talk to you next time on the sweet spot. To join our loyalty program, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Sweet Spot is produced by Travel Media Group. Our editor is Marissa Kenzel with cover art by Barry Gordon. I'm your host, Ryan Embry, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.